0: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia
1: Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics.
2: It's like nothing else matters. Money, fame, beauty, looks, everything. It's just all so small. It's just a tiny part of the universe. But when you meditate and you connect to that vibration, it's like, I don't need anything else.
1: You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. everyone this is sanaya and i'm so happy to be back with you on today's episode of project loving myself if this is your first time on the show welcome I'm so happy to have you join us, and I hope you enjoy what we have for you today. If you are a regular listener, thank you for coming back every week for more of Project Loving Myself. Now, I'm truly inspired when I meet people who have turned their biggest challenges into major opportunities for personal growth. This is what sows the seed for a change maker to be born in the field of mind body and spirit and our guest today definitely is one of them she recently opened up about suffering from complex post-traumatic stress disorder on social media with the intention to raise awareness and end the stigma on mental health which is something that is still quite prevalent here in the philippines over the course of her healing journey she found recovery in yoga meditation breath work journaling shadow work, and prayers, but also through solitude. She was able to face and fight her inner demons. Since then, she's rediscovered her relationship with God, has become the source of her own mental, emotional, and spiritual strength whenever stress and anxiety arise. While attending a yoga teacher training together with her husband, this March, she got stranded in Bali, Indonesia due to the lockdown. But instead of seeing that as a setback, she turned her experience into what she calls is a life-changing moment for them. To give us deeper insights about battling mental health and what it took to get onto the road to recovery, let's welcome Maxine Magalona, Filipino actress, co-founder of Mulat Manila, yoga enthusiast, and self-love advocate. Welcome to the show, Maxine. I'm so happy to have you with us today.
2: Hello, Sanaya. Wow, thank you so much for the beautiful introduction. And I, can I just say I love the title of your podcast, Project Loving Myself. We all need this. So thank you for doing this and thank you for having me. <laughs>
1: The pleasure is all mine, Maxine. I've been following you for a while and we've chatted before as well. So I know that you have a lot of really beautiful things to share. You've had your own experiences with uh, mental health, of course, and of course, finding ways to cope with um, the challenges in life, whether it's the pandemic or other things. So I'm really, really thrilled that you're going to be here to to share all of that with our listeners. So thank you. Yay! I'm now, Maxine, so excited. S- Thank you. So, Maxine, how are things right now for you? I mean, you are in Bali. You haven't made it back to Manila. It's been, you know, I'm, we're getting to the end of the year and you've been
2: there <laughs> since March. So how, how yes. are you feeling about all of this? Wow. Um, you know, it's it's just been a, a roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, at the beginning, I'll, I'll admit that I was so, so anxious and You know, living in that negative and fearful state. I think all of us were at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, my husband just had to keep reminding me that, hey, open your eyes, look where we are. We're actually here. And maybe there's a reason why we're here because, you know, um, before coming here, I was already doing regular therapy. And I was like, maybe I got stranded here for a reason. And that reason is for me to actually find different ways of healing because I've been praying about. Healing as naturally as possible, and although I'm very grateful to my therapist and you know therapy is very very healing and helpful as well, I was really praying to God to show me where I can heal the most naturally, and this is where he brought me, and you know um I just at the beginning I was like, this is too good to be true, but then I just surrendered, and I'm here, and I'm just i I just couldn't be more grateful, so I'm just making the most of it and I just don't want to give in to fear anymore. That was one of my intentions before coming here to Bali, before taking our teacher training. One of my intentions was to actually let go of fear and anxiety and to actually surrender. And I guess this is the biggest challenge to just surrender and accept and just, okay, thank you, God. I'm here and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute of it.
1: Well, I think it's, it's very brave of you, Maxine, to take this opportunity, you know, this really unexpected situation and use it to learn and to grow and to really focus on yourself. But I like um, what you said, you know, you said you prayed for this, you asked for this. And though you were already taking the steps here in Manila, it's kind of like Bali represents everything you could have actually manifested or wished for has come true. So what do you think about that, Maxine? Like, do you think it was the power of your prayer? Do you think... God was giving it to you? Like, what do you think allowed the circumstances to fall into place for you the way it did?
2: So, yes, definitely I agree with you that it was the prayers. It was the, you know, me dedicating my morning practice to God. Ever since we finished our first teacher training in Kopangan, Thailand last September, when we got back, that was when I started waking up every morning at 4 a.m., and I, I didn't notice that it, this until this September, I had already been doing this morning ritual for a year, for more than a year now. So, yeah, me dedicating that time to him and really praying. So I wake up, I do my morning practice, my yoga, and then my meditation. And then when I finish, I close it off with a prayer. So I didn't plan any of this. It just happened naturally. I felt like doing it. So that's the thing it it starts with the feeling like you really have to set that intention you really have to feel the gratitude and i noticed that um whenever i started this ritual every morning that's when the universe started um replying to me in a more positive manner because before i noticed that i was always in such a negative state i was always anxious very fearful I was always like looking for what's wrong, waiting for something wrong to happen. You know, I was conditioned to be that way. And it's no one's fault. It was just really how my surroundings were. And um, it was just how I got used to. So when I started this morning practice of gratitude, journaling, you know, praying and say, giving thanks, you know, using my yoga practice as a way to give thanks to God. It really changed everything in my life. Like, I didn't know that praying was a form of manifestation. And yeah, every time I prayed, it was just me sending love to the universe. And I noticed that ever since I started this practice, it, the universe just started responding to me in a more positive way. And things started to fall into place. Things that I didn't notice before, I now notice. Like, even the smallest things, I, I'm so grateful for. And, you know, that's just it. If you're grateful, then life will just keep giving things to you that you don't even ask for, but it just appears out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, and you just have to embrace. And yeah, so just praying and giving thanks, it, it really changed my life. Gratitude is just such a powerful tool that we can use every day. And it's just what's been helping me. And I think it's really what got me here to Bali. And I I think, yes, I really believe God brought me here. Every morning now, I pray, I, I give thanks, and I say, God, please guide me, guide my steps. Show me where I can be more of service. Show me what I can do to bring people more back home to you. And that's what I pray for every morning. So there, So Maxine, first of
1: all, what what you've related is just, it's so beautiful, you know, like it's, it it makes me feel just so amazing to hear somebody else talk about, you know, things that I've been through and to be able to relate to that as well. But Maxine, what I want to ask you, and I think this is what's really going to help people is there are a lot of people who start yoga right? They start a yoga ritual, a practice. They start doing things like eating healthy or juicing, going vegan. You know, there are people who pray, they go to church, they have their own ways of connecting to God or to the universe, right? And they're doing all these things. But just as you related, As soon as they're done with that practice or that ritual, then they are negative and they're unhappy and they're fighting, you know, with other people and their relationships are causing them stress. So it's kind of like it's like they're switching in and out of that beautiful space and then they come back to like life or reality. And it's just not as as nice in that other space, in the outside world, in a way. So. You being aware that at one point, you know, you yourself noticed that what was going on in your sort of spiritual practice was very different from what was going on in your outside world. So what was it like? Could you maybe identify what changed it? You know, how did you go from that negative or unhappy space to suddenly being grateful You know, being in the state of love, thinking about the world around you, you know, expressing your love to the universe, to God. So how did that shift happen?
2: I really believe that it was the meditation. It was really like dedicating time to sit still because yoga is still very in the body and in its body, mind, spirit connection. But the meditation, it's really like you connecting your energy to the vibration around you. And it was the most healing for me, honestly. When I meditate, it's like I'm having a deep conversation with God. Because, you know, when I meditate, I meditate on my breath. I focus on my breath. And honestly, because of this meditation, it makes me think that listening to my breath is like listening to God because He's the one who makes me breathe. So it's like making me aware of that and meditation helps me become more conscious it really helps me become more aware of my behavior of my surroundings I started meditating just 10 minutes every morning and now slowly I I got to like 30 minutes 45 until now I do it every morning for two hours I started doing it to heal my mental health condition But now it's like I do it because I just want to connect to him. I just want to keep connecting to that higher vibration. It's like nothing else matters. Money, fame, beauty, looks, everything. It's just all so small. It's just a tiny part of the universe. But when you meditate and you connect to that vibration, it's like I don't need anything else. You know, you find that state of contentment. And it's so funny because meditation is actually so... It's free. You just have to sit in a quiet space. It's so free, but it's also so freeing. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's this simple but profound practice that really helped me just be grateful. That's it. And if I do it every morning, it just keeps me in that grateful state. Because, you know, it's so good to go to church. It's so good to pray. But it's like meditation for me is like, all-inclusive like it's, it's my prayer it's my going to church but of course if there are people who like to go to church and I love going to church it's like this community shared energy it's dedicating your time your presence to God that's also very good but if we go to church and then we go back to our regular lives and snap back to that negative state then it's like you lose the point of it all I really believe the meditation is what can help people like really just keep that state, be in that state. Like, because when you meditate, it's like you're just there. It puts you in that state of awareness, gratitude, everything. It's, It's everything you can find. I can go on and on about this, but it's like it's really what's helped me change my perspective about life. So consistency is key. If you just do it every day, I think it will really help you keep yourself in that state of gratitude.
1: You know, I agree with you completely, Maxine. For me, meditation changed my life. I was raised in religion, but I think meditation brought a spiritual aspect into my practice and I also think that meditation is the time where we hear from the creator, from God, from the universe. You know, that's when the messages come in, right? But when we're praying, we are the ones talking, right? We're asking for things, we are praying, we are communicating, but I feel like meditation is when we get to listen. It's when we get to receive and accept, and it may be love and it might be energy and it might be gratitude and positivity, but that's when we get all of it. So I'm a big advocate of meditation. And I know, you know, everything you talked about, you know, that, that energy, that vibration of love, I can completely relate to that. I also think, Maxine, that meditation is like your one-on-one private time. It's really time for yourself and it's time for you to build upon that connection. And also, you know, in a world where things are just busy, there's a lot of distraction, there's a lot of other people there, it's nice to have your own private time. I also think that, you know, this is where mindfulness comes in. So a lot of people may have also heard of this concept of mindfulness, which is just a heightened awareness. And that's what meditation is, right? It's being very aware of everything going on in your space, your feelings, your emotions, how you're feeling about things, you know, what you're thinking about. And I think that mindfulness carries from meditation into our life. I think that's what really, really helps. So I'm really glad that you've highlighted that and that you've also related your experience with it. Now, Maxine, tell me about the mental health challenges you went through. You know, tell me about what complex post-traumatic stress disorder, how you started to realize there's something wrong, the symptoms, you know, how did you get diagnosed and how did you deal with everything?
2: Wow, yes. I'm so grateful for my mental health condition, to be honest, because it's really what brought me to this path. It's really what got me to become more mindful. Because before, I thought that when I would have an episode, I noticed that I would get triggered very easily. I would explode over such tiny reasons and I, I really thought it was normal. You know, I thought it was like a normal like reaction. Like I would get angry because something triggered me. So I'm supposed to get angry. And I'm like, it's my right. I'm supposed to feel this emotion. But at the same time, it wasn't really doing me any good because I would dispel so much of this negative energy. And it just made me become so disappointed in myself. So it became into this vicious cycle. So what happened was I would get triggered and then I would have an episode of rage. Like before it was just anger and then it became rage. And it's like, it kept growing and growing. And I was like, the more I got angry, the tinier the reason was. So I was like, it was not proportionate anymore. It was getting like out of hand. And I was like, there's something wrong. I was already punching walls and I was kicking doors. I'm like, I was having the most unattractive adult tantrums, to be honest. And on TV, I I would pretend to be this sweet, innocent girl. I'm like, it's not connecting. And I didn't like it. I'm a very honest person. I love being honest. I love speaking my truth. And to be a celebrity, an actor... And then behind closed doors, I'm like that. It didn't sit well with me. And I would have to post on Instagram for brands. And I would have to post these captions that are so nice, so um, sweet. But really, I wasn't that person. So I was like, no, this has to stop. I wasn't feeling okay. I was disgusted with myself. And I was projecting my negative emotions towards my husband. And you know, that, that really that really hurt me the most, you know, seeing my husband become an emotional punching bag. He did not deserve that. And I didn't notice this at the beginning of our marriage because I thought it was normal for me to experience anger. You know, we're always told that we're supposed to feel our emotions, but then it got to a point that it just got out of hand. And I was like, this is not right. You know, security guards would start coming up to our apartment and start saying that the neighbors were complaining because I was exploding and I was like wow I was so embarrassed I was so I just couldn't take it anymore and that's when I started like really researching and when my husband told me I think you you know my sweet sweet husband Rob he would have to tell me I think you need help and I would again explode I was like no I don't need help because you know when we're told that we need to see a therapist in our country it's like something's wrong or you're crazy or you're you know it's it's not right I mean it's something to be ashamed of it got to a point when I was in denial at first that I didn't need professional help but when I was starting to kick doors and like having these unattractive tantrums I was like I had to have an honest conversation with myself and I had to like have accountability and be responsible for my own behavior. So that's when I started seeing a therapist and you know what? It was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself because my therapist, she's an expert. So she knows, she knew what was going on with me. She was able to pinpoint what was, you know, where this came from, why I was behaving in such a way in this manner. So I was so grateful for that and that's it. So that's when my healing journey started and I just couldn't be more grateful.
1: Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Edric.
2: And this is Joy.
0: Please do check out Family Family Unboxed. Unboxed. Join us as we talk about the fun stuff, the highs, but
2: also the challenges and the controversial stuff as we try to change the world one
0: family at a time. Only here on Podcast Network Asia.
1: Maxine, through your healing journey, what did you discover? Where was all the anger? Where was all the stress really coming from? Because, you know, I have my own theory about where most of our emotions are built up from. Uh, So in my practice, I do a lot of healing work with people to go in and kind of clear all of that up. But in your experience... Where, where did you have to do most of your work on? Was it, you know, your current life? Was it your own relationship with yourself? But where was this all really coming from?
2: Yeah, um, so my therapist said that my mental health condition, complex, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it's really um, years of different kinds of trauma, you know, um, and it's not really just a one-time, big-time thing. You know, unlike PTSD, PTSD is like when people go to war and then they go back to real life, they experience symptoms of PTSD because of the things that they experienced in war. But me, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it's usually like years of different kinds of trauma. And people ask me what my traumas were. And to be completely honest, I don't really like sharing details of the trauma because I feel that it's not important because, you know, traumas are just stories. They're just labels. It doesn't really matter what the trauma was or what you actually went through. It's really just how you learn how to deal with it later on. You know, that's, that's just the point of it all. So me, um, the rage was really coming from years of pent up emotions stored tension inside of me. You know, it's it's from different kinds of trauma that I experienced. And when you experience trauma, it's like your body wasn't ready for it at that time. So right. all of these energies, these negative emotions get stuck and then they don't get released. So it gets built up inside of you until you snap. Until, right. until it gets... To the point that your body can't take it anymore. So that's when you explode. So that's where all the anger, the rage was coming from. And that's why it's so important to do these natural ways of healing. Because to be honest, I was already on the verge of thinking of taking medications. But because I had a problem with alcohol before, I, I was like uh, hooked on alcohol for many years. I really didn't want to go down the path of medications and taking, you know, because I didn't want to be dependent on medications. Because I feel like if I just take medications, I might just numb the emotions, just like how I was doing it with alcohol before. So I really wanted to go as natural as possible. And to be honest, the natural method is going to take longer. It's really going to take a while the first step is just really knowing what your condition is. And then once you start your your healing journey, you are going to slip again. You are going to have another episode again. You are going to explode again and again. And you just have to be patient with yourself. You just have to just keep going, keep picking yourself back up and just keep going. Don't get discouraged. Don't think that it's it's not going to happen because it will. You just have to be patient with yourself. You just have to keep on trying. And I'll admit that I still have my moments of weakness up to now where I get triggered, but I notice the progress. I notice the change. I notice when before I would explode. Now it's like, I take a step back and I'm like, before I explode, I, I catch myself now. So, you know, it's you you will be able to see your progress. You just have to be patient with yourself. So, yeah, there.
1: I love your answer, Maxine. I love the fact that as I'm asking you, you know, where is this all coming from? Your answer is, well, I don't really need to go into all of it because it's just stories, you know. And I think that's the thing about trauma, you know. What is trauma to one person? To another person, it's like, it could be nothing, you know, it could have been like, for example, if I, I'm a child and somebody made fun of me in school, Mm. if I laugh it off and it's not a big deal, I don't feel anything about it. There's no trauma, but if someone says something and then I feel bad about it, then suddenly I'm traumatized. So Mm. it's really often our reaction our perspective in that moment. And, you know, as we go through different experiences in our life, I mean, we evolve through that, you know, we understand things better. You know, if I got rejected for a job interview the first time that might really hurt. But if I've gone through like 10 job interviews and out of that, you know, seven, I didn't really get any second round interviews or I didn't get anything from that. I'm still okay with it because, okay, I know something's coming. And then maybe on the eighth interview, I'll get something. So it's also how many times we've been through that situation that really makes a difference. So for me, trauma is kind of a very interesting thing because it's so subjective to us, you know? And I think what's hard for some people is we get stuck blaming the other person or blaming the situation or blaming... You know, whoever is responsible or whoever we deem is responsible. And so we spend all our life resenting that situation, that person, or replaying the trauma over and over and over again. And that actually gets in the way of our healing. You know, because we're not taking responsibility and accountability, which is what you pointed out. At that Mm -hmm. point, you started to say, wait, there's something wrong with me. You know, I have to take responsibility. I have to now be the change. And I think that was maybe the turning point, not only for you, but for many people when they realize that, wait a minute, it's not the other person. It's me. I got to figure this out. I have to go in for my own healing. I have to make the change. So I think that's really the point at which the healing starts to happen. Now, tell me something. What do you think out of everything that you did? Because you talked about natural healing. Mm. What do you think helped you the most? Mm. Do you think it was everything together or can you isolate and say, this one thing was the biggest impact on my healing? What would you say?
2: It's like choosing a favorite out of all the healing modalities, <laughs> but really, they all really helped me in so in so many ways. But um, I would have to say, yoga was the very first one that got me into like this path. So I, I have so much love and gratitude for the yoga because it really was my gateway to be able to see this whole world of like different possibilities of healing of natural methods of healing so i have my husband rob to thank for that he was the one who invited me to practice yoga with him the first time was back in 2017 when we were planning our wedding and i noticed that i didn't manage stress well so uh, this has been a problem of mine for many, many years. I I didn't manage my emotions very well. So that's one symptom of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Like we have difficulty managing emotions. So when I was getting stressed because of the wedding planning, he started inviting me to yoga. And I didn't know that yoga was actually a great way to de-stress. I thought it was just an exercise. I thought it was just for stretching. But oh wow, it was such a beautiful experience. Like I really felt this union with my mind, body, and spirit, I started connecting to myself more. So yoga was what really started me in this path. And then the meditation, I was telling you that it was really life-changing for me. It was really what really helped me heal my uh, the way I think. It was what helped me rewire my brain, my my neurological pathways. It was what really helped me fix the way I think, because, you know, it's we get so conditioned to different thinking patterns that are very unhealthy we replay all these like unhealthy thought patterns that we get used to it and we think it's normal but with meditation you can really like form new ways of thinking you can form new habits and like new behavioral patterns so it's it's really beautiful and going plant based and vegan was what really really helped me also because going plant-based and vegan was uh, one of the most conscious things that I could have ever done for myself because I, I noticed because of my rage that I was very cruel. I was already becoming a cruel person. And what I didn't like about it was I was projecting on social media that I was not that cruel person. So I was like, it didn't sit well with me. I feel, I felt this cringing thing feeling inside of me like i didn't like this feeling like i was pretending to be a sweet person online and on tv but uh, really i was a cruel cruel person so i my husband again was the one who wanted to go vegan after our first teacher training and at first i was like maybe i'll go vegetarian I i can't give up the cheese and the eggs and then when i started uh researching more about veganism and my husband and I got to watch the game changers. I don't know if you watched that podcast yes, documentary. I saw it. Yes. And and I, I saw that, you know, the way they produce cheese is also, you know, it, it it was also very it's not nice the way they produce it. It's become this like business thing. And, you know, um, so um that's when I said, you know what, if I want to become Nice. If I want to develop more compassion, if I want to be more loving, then maybe if I eat food that is cruelty-free, then maybe I will get that kind of energy as well. Because I believe food is energy and everything is connected. And because I wanted to heal naturally, I figured... The food and everything that I put inside of me, it's really going to help heal my energy as well. So I also stopped drinking alcohol. My husband and I haven't been drinking for more than a year now. But I'll be honest, I had one glass of wine for my birthday this year. That's it. I just wanted one glass of wine because I really still believe in balance. So there. So that, those were the top three things that really helped me. And also prayer. Sorry, I, I, this is my number one. That's that's what I said. It's like choosing a favorite. I, I love them all. But praying, wow. Praying and reconnecting to God, it's what really helped me the most because I figured that this is our purpose. This is really our purpose here on earth. It's really to connect to our spirituality. You know, we still have our earthly duties. We still have our work that's so important as well. Our passion, our dedication to our craft—that's so important. But if we do not connect to our spirituality and if we do not give it all back to Him, I really believe that we don't have the backbone of it all. We wouldn't have like the whole purpose. So yeah. praying and connecting to God—that's what really helped me the most.
1: I, I think what you're also trying to say is like that's really a reason for being. Yes. You know that connection that that communication and sort of that energy of vibration of love that we want to be in. That's really our reason for being. I also love how you talked about, it was like going from one thing to another, like yoga led you into meditation, yeah. you know, with meditation, you were already practicing prayer. And then from there you wanted to go vegan. So it was kind of like a natural unfolding. And I've noticed that with my own experience and, you know, with experiences, of my, my students, my clients is once you kind of you know, you take the first step, the path just opens up and all the right things sort of come into your space, you get more attracted to things that maybe before you would have been like me, vegan, never. Right. (laughs) But all of a sudden you crave it, you know, you want it. Like I, I never used to like salads or like, you know, Mm -hmm. eating vegetables and I I love it, you know, and it's just my taste buds changed, my sort of inclinations changed. It just happened so naturally that there's no struggle, yes. right? There's no yeah. difficulty. It's yeah. like you want these things, which yes. I think is the best way because you don't have to force yourself, right? It's not like, oh, my God, I have to do this and I'm going to fall off the wagon or I'm going to, you know, regret it or crave it. I When you're doing it from your heart, yes. then it's just really just comes, as you said, naturally. Yes. Now, another thing I wanted to comment on is you talked about how the personality that you were online or on social media and who you were truly was not aligned. And so kind of the word that comes to mind for me is integrity. Like Mm. you knew when no longer in integrity with yourself and that was that squirming you know squirmy, yucky you know uncomfortable yes. feeling And I think a lot of people go through that Maxine you know they have that public personality or the mm-hmm. the the way they present themselves to their friends or family or even their colleagues but who they are at home may not be an in integrity and whenever that happens there is a sense of sort of disconnection with ourselves. Maybe there's a sense of anxiousness that may come in, maybe depression. So I feel like a lot of the different mental health challenges that actually are quite widespread today has to do with the fact that we're not in alignment, right? We're not in integrity with who we want to be. I have so many clients and students saying, you know, I wanted to behave this way, but my emotions came in and then I totally acted a different way. And then I'm so angry at myself. Why did I lose my temper? Why did I do this? And blame starts and anger starts. and You know, it's just a downward spiral. So I really want to bring that to everyone's attention, like to really highlight that, you know, when you don't feel right, you don't feel like who you are on the outside and who you are on the inside is the same person. Then you're you're not in alignment, you're out of integrity. And and that's a cue, right? That's like yeah. a red flag. Like that's the time you need to start turning inward instead of outward and really going within to explore what's going on. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I angry? Why why are these thoughts coming in my mind? And so just asking questions, I think, will bring solutions and answers. The problem is like we go through life on autopilot, right? We don't question the way things are. You know, I remember what, before I got into healing, I thought my life is great. Like I thought it's normal and all the things that were wrong in my life. I was like, well, everybody has that, right? You know, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have a great relationship with my parents, I mean, Every kid, every teenager doesn't have a great relationship with their parents, you know? So I remember thinking this is normal. And it's only when I got into like my meditation and spirituality and healing that I said, wait a minute, Mm. it doesn't have to be this way. You know, things can be way better. I mean, Mm. beyond what my mind can even conceive of, because I had no idea it could be this good. You know, Mm -hmm. I had no idea relationships could be this amazing. And I'm sure you can relate to that because your relationship with Rob has obviously transformed as you have gone through your own healing process. So tell me a little bit about that, Maxine. So how has your relationship with Rob changed over the course of your own sort of self-love and healing journey? Tell me about that.
2: Wow. I'm getting goosebumps because, you know, I'm just so grateful for our relationship, for our partnership. It's like, you know, because he has also experienced his own personal traumas. And when we first got together, it was like a lot of stuff came up. And um, I'm sure a lot of married couples experience this as well. You know, whatever we experienced in our own families, we tend to bring it to our current relationship and it's no one's fault it's just really how we're conditioned so what what we both did thanks to the yoga and the meditation thanks to that because we both because he's been like a fitness and um you know he loves working out he loves taking care of his body and um through the yoga we found a connection of the physical and the spiritual so it's like both of us started becoming more aware we both Um, also because of my mental health condition, you know, he was also becoming aware of how he was towards me and how he was towards other people. Like it all just kind of sort of fell into place because we were both started to become more conscious and more aware of our own actions, because that's the thing. That's what you said. Like we just have to be in alignment with ourselves. Now, because we are so conditioned to our external world, we are so used to taking care of our work, our achievements, taking care of our looks. We don't really take care of what's happening inside of us. So, because of the yoga, my husband and I started taking care of what's going on underneath the surface. And we started applying that to our relationship. So, we became... Both of us individually became conscious people and we started applying it to our marriage. That's the thing. It all happened naturally. We were considering actually going into couples counseling, couples therapy, which is also very good. Some people, they really need that. And us, it's like we just became each other's conscious partner We would call each other out in a healthy way. We would communicate. We would hold space for each other. And it just became this beautiful, like, space for one another. And, you know, no judgment, no, like, pointing fingers, no keeping a list of, you did this to me, I did that to you, because we were like that before. Now it's like we understand that we are human. And when we get triggered, it's just our reaction. It's just our human reaction. And when we get triggered, we just hold space for one another. We, when, when one person is getting angry, the other person just takes a step back and allows that person to feel that emotion. And then later on, we're like back to, you know, because that's how it is in marriage. It's like we fight over the smallest reasons and then we're back to being lovey-dovey. And then we forget why we even fought in the first place. So it's just really about holding space for each other. So I'm so grateful that uh, both of us practiced yoga together because it's really the best way to bond. Honestly, up to now, we still do it every day. We each have our morning practice. We do it individually. uh, I do my own and he does his own. And then later on in the day, we practice yoga together and then we do whatever together. It's like... It was just this beautiful natural unfolding of this beautiful union coming together. You know, we got married and then so many things happened that tried to tear us apart, but we just found our way back to each other. And I honestly believe that we were together in many lifetimes before. Like we were so, we're so connected. We're like just so we have this soul connection that I, I I'm just I feel so at home with him and it's just I'm so grateful that because of him, he opened my eyes to, to this whole world of possibility, of positivity, and of just a beautiful life because he's always been grateful. You know, Rob has always been this positive and grateful being. And I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, when he, whenever he's positive and he's grateful, I'm the little miss negative, like pointing things out like, oh, but what about this? What about that? And then he's just like, you know what? we just have to be grateful we just have to open our eyes and he's i i just got that from him and I, it's just been a beautiful journey together so yeah
1: wow he sounds amazing he i mean is, I, yeah. I
2: i i hear
1: you when you talked about how the two of you started working on your own issues and sort of being responsible so essentially you're two people in a relationship cleaning up your own mess right? And as you started to clean up your own mess, what you were bringing into the relationship was more love and positivity. You weren't bringing in your baggage. So I think each person in every relationship is very, you know, they're very accountable and responsible for what they're bringing in. They should be at least. Mm -hmm. And I think when we have a lot of baggage from our past, which we all do, you know, everybody has their own fair share. We have to be aware of how that could affect the other person or the relationship in a negative way. So I'm glad, you know, to hear how both of you sort of decided to take responsibility to clean up and that brought you closer together and that brought you in alignment with each other. Mm -hmm. The other thing you said was, um, you practice yoga together. So there was like a common ground, you know, there was some kind of practice that really bound you together. And I think that keeps two people in a relationship growing together instead of what tends to happen with a lot of couples over time is they grow apart, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's nothing to glue them together. I mean, in some cases we say it's the children, um, in, in many marriages, it's the children that glues the couple together, but that is never almost the 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 glue that keeps the relationship together. It's usually, you know, the children that get caught in the crossfire. So I think when you have a common practice or ritual or something that you share spiritually together, yes, we
2: actually we actually pray for each other. We know this about each other. We pray for each other fervently. Like, he has this book that was given to us by one of our ninongs, uh, Gary Valenciano and Tita Anjali Pangilinan. They gave us these books called The Power of the Praying Husband and The Power of the Praying Wife. And my husband actually still brings it with him. He has it with him and he reads it every morning. And me, I personally pray to God for him. Every morning, I'm like, I pray and I say, God, please grant my husband healing. Protect him whenever he's on his scooter here in Bali. Please grant him the desires of his heart. Please make him happy. I just want him to be happy. This is what I pray for every morning. And he he also has his own prayers for me. And it's like... We didn't plan this. It's just something that happened naturally. And, and, and that's it. It's wishing well for the other person. And it doesn't have to be your spouse. It can be your friends. It can be your family. It's really thinking of yourself first, yes. But more of like, what can you pray for for others? What can you hope for for others? It's like thinking of community, thinking of the people around you. Because it's so important to love yourself. That's the foundation. But then I when you love yourself enough, then you can start spreading it to others. Then you can start thinking of others because you've already set the foundation for yourself because it's different being selfish. Loving yourself is different from being like all about me, me, me. And we also have that pattern and trend these days, right? But it's like when you love yourself genuinely and know that it's a healthy feeling, then you can start naturally giving it out to others.
1: Yes, you have to be in a good place to be able to help other people. And that's true for anyone who, you know, wants to help people in different ways. I mean, you have to be already conquered in that particular, like, if you want to help other people financially, you have to be financially stable. If you want to, you know, love other people, you got to love yourself first. So it always starts with ourselves. So I definitely, you know, agree with everything you've said, um, Maxine. Now, something else you pointed out in your relationship was holding space for each other. Mm-hmm. Now, this is something, you know, that's relatively new, this idea of holding space so can you talk a little bit more about that Maxine what does that mean to hold space for each other in a relationship what
2: does that mean to you? yeah it just means like you know every relationship it's really not just it's not gonna be all butterflies and rainbows you know you have to know and accept that there will be moments of turbulence there will be pain there will be blame, shame, guilt. There will be all these things. And if you uh, hold space for yourself, first and foremost, I hold space for myself by praying and meditating and accepting that, you know, I'm human and I have these emotions and I feel these emotions. And when I'm able to hold space for myself, then I can hold space for my partner as well. Because holding space doesn't mean like just allowing the other person to just for example, project negative emotions towards you. It's not that. It's seeing the other person clearly, you know, with no judgment, no stories behind it, no like seeing the other person like, uh, oh, ano ba yan? Like, With these like... Judgment? Jud- judging judging judgment. eyes and um, you know, like uh, it's just really seeing with a clear perspective that, okay, my partner is going through a human experience which is natural the, it, it's a natural emotion you see it clearly and then you don't engage because he's feeling the emotion and you see that it's a natural human experience you don't engage in it and and you just let it be you know you see it and then you let it be and then you let it go and you don't go back to it you don't be like
0: right.
2: uh, a while ago you were doing this you pointing fingers and like reminding or bringing it up again, it's like it, it, it's over. It's in the past. It's Just let it go. And then let's move forward. I think that's what holding space is about. It's like seeing it clearly and not engaging and then just letting it go and then just move forward. Because if you spend time talking about what happened 30 minutes ago, one hour ago, then you you would have spent another hour talking about it instead of spending that hour just moving forward to the next beautiful thing that you can do together. You know what I mean? Like, and he has been doing this for me ever since the relationship, ever since our relationship started, because I have been like throwing tantrums left and right, especially when I was still drinking before, when I would get drunk and, you know, I would project these negative emotions towards him. And the next morning he would be like, yeah, something happened again last night, but it's okay. You know, he's just, I'm like oh and I feel so bad the next day and it's like so it's just about you know holding space and just being there for one another the best way that you can you can and it's like just being that peaceful and loving environment for the other person
1: I think that the part you said you know that non judgment you know not really engaging or judging the person, because we're all going to have those difficult situations in our life. We're all going to have those trigger points. And sometimes we will need that space to just experience it, to feel it, and then to let it go, like you said. So I, I definitely think in a marriage, if we can get to a point where we just allow our partners the space to go through what they need to, and just, you know, be their support system like Rob has been for you and yes. and how you are with him, for him today. I do think that that makes the marriage stronger and stronger. Um, what are some other things, Maxine, that you have learned in the course of your marriage? Like what are the things that you feel now are so important for the two of you to have this relationship that is strong and that is honest and and supportive of each other? What are the things that you think our listeners or um, anything that you feel really worked for you?
2: Wow. Um, yeah. It's just really about being conscious, you know, just being aware and um, knowing that you are with this person for a reason. There is a reason behind all of this. If you put your faith in God, and know that He brought you together for a purpose, like there's something there, then you will begin to understand that this relationship is actually so good for you. Instead of looking at the wrong things, instead of looking at, you know, faults, finding faults, and like uh, creating more tension, it's just really about being grateful for that other person. You know, just just really looking at that person and saying to yourself, Wow, I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate to be with this person like this. And, And seeing that person clearly, you know, you have to see that that other person is just the same as you. You guys share the same consciousness. You guys share the same kind of spirit that came from God. If you can see that, yes, you have your differences, and you also have each you also have different strengths if you right. see that and respect that then it will be a beautiful partnership you know you, things will just start to flourish things will just start to get more strong more connected you guys will just wow it will be like this beautiful partnership you will understand that you know i am you you are me we are one we are all in this together So if you can practice that with your partner first and foremost, then you can start practicing it with other people as well. So that's why I really believe, you know, I'm so grateful that I got to be here in Bali with my husband because I really feel like this is our healing honeymoon because we haven't had a honeymoon. We were supposed to go to like, you know, the usual Europe. Paris, I mean, that's all beautiful. It's so nice to be in those places. But I really believe God brought us here to heal because Bali, you got married here. Bali is so naturally healing. And I really believe that every relationship has room for growth, has room for improvement if we just allow each other to grow. And if we just grow with each other in love, you know, we can make every relationship that we have better than how it is. We can always improve. We can always heal. Our bodies are naturally designed to heal. So even our relationships, we can heal them if we want to. So healing this relationship with my husband, with our ma- our marriage, has become the most beautiful thing about 2020. And I really believe we all were made to take this pause so that we can look within and heal ourselves and then find more things to heal. Let's all heal. I mean, this is the perfect time to do it. So why not do it? You know?
1: <laughs> I'm with you, Maxine. If I could heal,
2: you know, the world one
1: person at a time, I mean, yes. that would be just such a beautiful gift. Um, I also like how you talked about you and your partner. It's like both of you are seeing each other as the same consciousness as one. And I think we are put in relationships with people. Sometimes those people really challenge us. And sometimes those people could be our biggest support systems. But either which way, I do think it is part of our journey to learn how to accept our partners for who they are And to accept ourselves as we are in a relationship. I think it's part of what we all have to learn. And I think that's why we are put in these kind of relationships. And often we bring in a lot of karma from, you know, Mm -hmm. other situations into our relationships. And that's why, you know, relationships can be tough because we're working things out. But I do think that what we can achieve as a couple can really take us to greater heights. I think that we are meant to be with people that are going to support us on our journey forward for whatever we're meant to do. And it sounds to me like you and Rob have really found that sort of energy with each other, which is amazing. Yes,
2: I just forgot to mention that one great advice that we got from our Ninang, Dr. Ivy. She said to us, do things together. Don't stop doing things together because, you know, we are, our society is like, oh the husband is supposed to do this the wife is supposed to do this we have all right. these stereotypes but when we started like doing things together we took drum lessons together we took cooking lessons together then we practice yoga and meditation together you know we find all these different activities that we can do together to strengthen our bond it's really one of the things that helped us so to all the couples out there you don't have to be husband and wife You can just be, you know, whatever. If you want to heal your relationship, it's so nice to do activities together, things that you can bond over. And it will really help you. Spending quality time with each other, it's really the best.
1: You know, my husband says something that I love. He says, Team Gurnamal. And that's my last name, Gurnamal. And so it's something that, you know, he's taught our kids. And it's like Team Gurnamal. Like, we're a team. And from the time we were a relationship it was always like this is not you know boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife this is a partnership yeah. and i remember that he would be with me 100% in anything i did whether it was you know having a baby or my work or you know whatever i've ever put my foot into my husband's there with me. And I think that that has given me a lot of confidence and a lot of trust in our relationship. So I think that when we can establish that sort of partnership and there's no you and I, it's us. Mm. right? That's when, you know, the relationship just really grows into something beautiful. So absolutely, you know, it's, it's about oneness. It's about doing things together. And that's really beautiful as well. Now, Maxine, you talked a lot about how things were with Rob before, when you were drinking, when you were going through all these different stressful experiences. Now, what was it like coming to terms with that? right? Because part of your healing journey would be to go back to all the things that happened before. I read somewhere that you'd been engaging in a lot of shadow work. You were doing it through yoga, meditation, breathwork, journaling, you know, but this shadow work is sort of like the toughest kind of work, right? Because you're really coming face to face with your truth, you know, with your inner demons, as they say. So tell me, What did it take for you to kind of confront your truth, you know, deal with your demons, sort of make peace maybe with your past, with what had happened before, and come to a point where you accept yourself completely as you are today. So tell me about that.
2: Yeah, that's what I mentioned. Like, you really just have to have that honest conversation with yourself. When Mm -hmm. I was starting to get that squirming, cringing, disgusted feeling inside of me, that's when I started looking at because because for years I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Like, I I live with so much shame and so much guilt that I couldn't bear to look at myself in the mirror. Like, I I just. I didn't want to. I didn't want to admit. And I think that's where also my rage was coming from. Like, I was just in denial. I was in denial of how I used to be. I thought that I could move forward without having to think about how I used to be. But that's the thing about shadow work. You have to see yourself, what you used to be, who you used to be, what you used to do. And just accept all of it. Just embrace all of it. Because before, I think the reason why I would get so upset over the smallest reasons was because I I had a lot of anger inside for myself. I was angry with myself. I was disappointed. I was frustrated. I was embarrassed. I was like... I was not proud of who I was. So um, when I started looking at myself in the mirror again and started having these honest conversations like, hey, there's something inside of me that needs work. There's something inside. You know, I started becoming my friend. I started becoming like my own best friend, like really talking to myself and saying something needs to work something needs to change inside of me and that's when I started engaging in more shadow work and I didn't even know about shadow work until I started practicing yoga and meditation and then when I started practicing all of this shadow work it's like wow you want you almost want to give up like you almost want to stop midway mm-hmm. you're almost like no 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 I can't I can't deal with this but then you just have to keep moving forward. Shadow work will bring up a lot of things from your past that you don't want to see, that you wouldn't want to see. It will bring up a lot of stuff, a lot of like stored memory that you have shrugged under the rug, that you have um, forgotten and like, I don't want to deal with this. And then when it comes up, you're like. Okay, it's now or never. You just have to face it. You just have to accept it because shadow work is all about accepting and embracing your shadows. It's a part of you. You can't run away from it and your shadows wouldn't be there. You wouldn't have the light inside of you if not for your shadows, you know, you wouldn't have the light inside of you if not for your darkness. So you just have to be grateful that your darkness actually helps you to reveal your light. You know, you you coming to terms with your shadows, you seeing your shadows and embracing it completely will actually bring out the light inside of you. Because when you embrace your shadows, it's just like, okay, you just accept that these are just stories These are just things that I did when I was unconscious. These were things that I did on survival mode. And if you accept that and embrace it, then there's nothing. That's it. You've already accepted. No one can use it against you anymore. No one can actually, if you accept it and someone, for example, brings it up or tries to trigger you with it. Like, remember, you used to be like this or remember about what you did before it's like once you're accept once you accept it inside of you and you're like okay with it, n- it 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 won't be able to trigger you anymore so it's just really about that you just have to embrace everything it's it's just accepting everything and just accepting and knowing that these are all just stories it's all just stories
1: it's part of our narrative but it's who we were before. It's not who we are today. Uh, I do a lot of shadow work with Mm -hmm. my clients. Wow. And one of the things that I've learned is most of us reject parts of ourselves we don't want to see. Okay. And either we reject it, so we pretend it's not there, like we don't want to see it. Or the other thing we do is we project it onto other people. So what we don't like about ourselves We see it in other people and that annoys us, right? That triggers us even more. And so what we're doing is we're just trying to avoid facing it. So we'll put it on someone else or we'll reject it and hide from it. And that's how we cope, right? But if we don't acknowledge these things, we can't actually do anything about it. Like if we don't own it, right? If it's somebody else, that's the problem. Or if it's, no, that's not me. How can I do anything about it? Because I refuse to accept it. And so accepting that this is a part of me I may not like very much, but it is me, is usually the first step to shadow work. And the second thing that one can do is to, after acknowledging that this is me, this is my behavior, this is something about myself that, you know, I don't like it but it's true, or I've done that, or I've behaved in this way. The next thing that you can do is simply talk to that part of you and say, I know you're there. I see you. Okay. And you're part of me. And you know what? You can stay with me for as long as you want. Okay. So let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say I have a very bad temper. Okay. And I lose my temper all the time. So I can kind of sit down quietly, close my eyes and I can talk to my temper and say, I see you, you're there, you know, and I know you get triggered a lot and, um, I don't really like it so much, but I want you to know that I recognize you and you can stay with me for as long as you want and send a lot of love to that aspect of your shadow, Okay. And as you sort of own it and accept it and love that part of you, the anger, the temper starts to almost dissipate. It doesn't have power over you anymore because you own it. You accepted it. You see it. You recognize it. And so we almost kind of reduce the effect or the power or even the influence it has on our life Mm. simply by calling it out or noticing it, but also saying very lovingly that you can stay with me. Mm -hmm. I understand you're serving a purpose. Like for example, if somebody loses their temper all the time, they must obviously feel very unsafe that the only thing they can do is lose their temper because that's what maybe makes them feel in control of a situation because otherwise they feel out of control. So, you know, every negative thing about us is kind of serving us in some way. It's doing something for us, but we just don't know what it is. And so a lot of the healing work that I'm sure you've done, Maxine, and the kind of work that I do with people is really about, you know, sort of seeing the truth about ourselves, acknowledging it, and then healing it, but we can only heal it if we first, accept it which is why i'm so inspired by your particular journey because you know there was so much about yourself that you you called out you saw it you know you acknowledged it and you decided to do something about it and i think that example is what people should see is that you can do it too you know you can take whatever in your life you don't like or it's not working for you or it's hurting the people you love and you can change it, and you can find yourself again, you know, you can overcome all of this. And I'm just, you know, I'm so impressed, I'm so inspired, and um, I'm so grateful that you're here talking about these really intimate parts of your life, and really sharing with people, which sort of brings me to the point, Maxine, Is there is a stigma about Mm -hmm. mental health, right? There is this kind of like, we always want to put our best face forward on social media or to other people. And so, you know, the world tends to judge and we may not feel safe or secure in, you know, bearing our soul to others. What is your advice for people who might be struggling with the same thing? You know, what is your advice for people who might be dealing with mental health, but they're afraid to ask for help or they're embarrassed by it, right? What would you say to them?
2: I Well, what I would say to them, Sanaya, is that I was once in their shoes because actually whenever I would go to the medical city before for my therapy sessions, I would have to wear a hoodie and a baseball cap to hide myself. Because, um, yeah, uh, the thing about it in our country is that whenever you go see a therapist, you're crazy. You're mentally unstable. You're insane. So it's like when I started like really connecting more to myself and connecting the dots thanks to my therapist, I started thinking I shouldn't have to hide. I shouldn't have to pretend that I'm not seeing a therapist because I really believe that mental health should be seen as regularly and as normally as physical health. And actually, I also believe that mental health is so much more important than our physical health. I mean, it's important Mm -hmm. to take care of our physical bodies. It's important to take our medicines, our vitamins, to do our physical exercise. But if we don't take care of our minds, if we don't take care of our, you know, the way we think or the way we use our minds, then all of this will have no There will be no point to how we live our lives. So, this is something that they don't really teach us in school. They don't really talk about meditation or like how to think or like what to think or like how to use our minds in a healthy way. It's not something that we're taught in school. So, we experience trauma, we experience different kinds of pain that we carry with us. And unfortunately, it changes the way we think and affects the way we think and also gets us into this overthinking, negative thinking kind of situation that we carry with us all the way to adulthood. And then we project it to others and then it carries over to all aspects of our lives because, you know, it everything starts in the mind. You know, everything, yeah. our mindset is really so important. So I really believe that, To all the people out there who are struggling with mental health issues, please do not be ashamed because mental health is so important. And yes, it's a sensitive issue. But if more of us come out, if more of us start talking about it in a regular and normal way, then there wouldn't be a stigma around it anymore. If we just talk about it, not as casually, but really beautiful intention with... With the feeling of like, you know, we want to help ourselves. If we come out and say that we are proud of ourselves because we actually want to help ourselves and we want to heal our mental situation, then more people will start to also help themselves. So, you know, uh, this is how we help others by helping ourselves first. So if we can help ourselves and if we come out and talk to people and if we can hold space for others and be like, hey, do you have something to ask me about mental health? I'm all ears. You know, if we can be that person to other people, then we can all help each other out and we can make this world a better place.
1: Agreed. Wow. So true. If we help ourselves, we can help other people. I think that is really, really important. Now, um, Maxine, we are at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, what is your Project Loving Myself mantra for our listeners? What is that one liner or that maybe that self-love point um, that you have picked up, what you have learned about self-love that you can impart with others out there? What would you say?
2: Wow. My self-love mantra. Wow. I think it would really have to be mm, my self-love mantra is that God is within me. Because, you know, that's what really helped me grow in love by knowing and feeling God within my spirit. God is within me. And I feel that when I started feeling that inside of me, that's when I started to love myself more. Because, you know, we grow up in a society where we believe, we are made to believe that we are supposed to be fearful of God. And, you know, we are supposed to um, be scared and like bow down to him. He's this bigger, like being outside of us. But really, I believe that if we all see that spirit within us, that we all come from Him, our spirit comes from Him, and that God is inside all of us, each and every one of us, then we can treat ourselves more with respect, then we can love ourselves more, and we can connect to God more. If we know yes. that He is the one that is making us breathe, He is the one that is making us move, and and He gave us this spirit, this spark inside of us, if we understand that completely, then we can move from a place of love. And God is love. So that's why He is inside each and every one of us. And that's why I really believe that's what made me love myself even more. So God is within me.
1: Wow, that is actually really powerful, Maxine, because how mm-hmm. can you not love yourself yeah. when you know that God is within you? How yes. can you not? Yes, exactly. You know, how how can you have anything but love for yourself? Mm. Wow, that is just such a, I would say, a very high note to end (laughs) this particular episode. Maxine, Mm. it was really an amazing, wonderful conversation with you. I think you really have brought um, a lot of beautiful things to the podcast, to our listeners out there. I speak for all of them. I, um, again, am very grateful for your energy. And I just Mm want to say, you know, Maxine, as I'm, um, recording this with you, I can see your aura. And I know you've just come out of the Vipassana retreat where you did not speak for more than 10 days your aura is just glowing. Like it is just like radiating and emanating out of you and it is beautiful. So thank you, you know, for sharing that beautiful energy with all of us. Uh, Now, before we go, Maxine, would you like to share um, your details with our listeners who might want to follow you and get in touch? Also, I know you've started something new. Um, Mulat Manila, if you would like to say a few words about that as well. Go ahead.
2: Yes. uh, Yes. Thank you so much, uh, Sanaya, for having me. I really enjoyed this project, Loving Myself. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. You know, more people need to hear about these kinds of things. So thank you so much. And yes, if they want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is Maxine Magalona. And please follow my husband as well, Rob Manankil. I love all his posts. He's been such an inspirational. Beautiful being as well online. You know, both of us have decided to use our social media to actually spread more good vibes, more positive vibrations, and to really share what we've been learning during these past eight months about consciousness, about awareness, about you know healing from the inside out. So please follow us on our Instagram, Robman and Kill and Maxine Magalona. And if you want to follow our yoga accounts as well, Robma Yoga and Yogirl Maxine, that's our Instagram account for our yoga page. And we also have our joint, Yoga online space where we offer yoga and meditation classes. So you can just follow us on Instagram mulat underscore Manila. And we created this space so that more people can join us in our healing journey. For those who want to know more about yoga and meditation, my husband gives the most incredible classes. Like he is so inspirational. His energy is so vibrant and so inspiring. So please, please send us an email at mulatmanila at gmail.com if you want to try your yoga classes or even send us a direct message at mulat underscore manila on instagram Uh, my husband gives weekly classes we can he also does private classes so please please join us for yoga and meditation and let's all make this world a better place so thank you so much sanaya thank you thank you for having me i really enjoyed
1: So what are your thoughts about our conversation today, about what Maxine said? I mean, I think that in the course of the conversation, there were a lot of really important things that came out of the discussion. I particularly love discussing the shadow work with Maxine. And I hope you will try the exercise that I related on today's episode. Tell me how it works for you. You know, if you have any questions about the exercise or if you want to share how you felt after doing the exercise, let me know what it felt like to work with your shadow self. Share on at Project Loving Myself Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to tag me at Sanaya Gurnamal on all social media channels. That's S-A-N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Project Loving Myself, where we go together on a path of self-discovery and learning from others. Our thought for this week? we break the stigma by telling our stories. We grew up isolated, but together we can heal. This is a quote by Colleen Perry. And I think it's very fitting for what uh, Maxine shared with us today. Thank you for spending time with me today on this episode of Wellbeing and Healing. Keep reminding yourself that you are loved. This is Sanaya on the Project Loving Myself podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. See you soon.